0: Hey, wonderfuls! Welcome to episode 514 with my amazing guest, Allison Leiby. Allison was at Sketchfest with a fantastic one-person show. We're going to be talking a lot more about it in the episode, uh, but she is a phenomenal writer uh, for television and for herself, and is a great comedian and so much more. So please enjoy this episode. If I sound a little different in this intro, it's because I am recording from uh, away. I am recording from out and about in the state of Texas. So sorry for all the hems and haws, but I want to get this episode up and running for you because Allison is, as I have stated many times, just in this intro alone, phenomenal. So enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you soon. lamented the fact that I didn't get to see your show um, at Sketchfest. So all I have done is read about it endlessly because that's what I did when I was getting to know the idea of you doing your show at Sketchfest. And so uh, I want to talk, I want to hear about it from your perspective, but I also know that that's like the most like traditional and cliched Topic of conversation you've dealt with as you've been doing press for the show, and that's not really what this show is about. I'm down for anything. <laughs> well,
1: like, uh, truly, I could talk about anything for any amount of time.
0: <laughs> like, wonderful. I, I, I understand now why you have a podcast, and you must know why I have a podcast. <laughs> yes, because totally... I love people and Talks. talking. <laughs> so, for everyone listening, so Allison did a show at SF Sketchfest, also did a show in New York and other places where it just was heralded as being sort of a special spectacular piece of theater uh, oh, being yes. a one-person show it's essentially oh god a show about abortion right I mean, I mean that's the, oh god show about that's abortion the title <laughs> could you tell folks a little bit about it before I get
1: into your teenage years just so totally. I can revel in it as well like I'm a stand-up I've been a stand-up for a really long time I always like kind of talk about my real life on stage it has not been particularly exciting it's a lot of like I bought jeans they're too tall like whatever <laughs> um <laughs> But, like, I, I a couple of years ago, got pregnant, didn't want to be, had an abortion. It was, like, an extra. like, I was blown away. Like, I knew very little. I used to, like, advocate for Planned Parenthood. I, like, worked at their office. But I still didn't know, like, what it really was. Because I think we really do only show these tiny little, like, touchdowns into what abortion is. And yeah. so I, like, went through it. I was like, no one talks about this version, which is the most privileged uh, easiest frictionless straight white cis woman in a blue state with my like, again, but I'm like, but like, I think like if people understood that like not every time somebody needs this procedure, it's this like harrowing event, and it is in fact like I had two root canals that summer and they were so much worse on every front, like <laughs> <Wow>. financially, emotionally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: no. physically.
1: So I started writing jokes about it. And I just was like, I'll do tell a few jokes on stage, kind of like be a gal who talks about her abortion experience. And then I just realized like it was like clicking with people so much more than I expected it to. And it was so easy to keep like adding in details. And then I was like, oh, well, like I have all these jokes about how awful birth control is. And hmm, I feel like these two things are connected. Like, Uh and all of a sudden I started to see like kind of this version of the show where you know, it is jokingly called like, oh, God, a show about abortion. And it started as, oh, God, an hour about abortion because it's like, who wants to hear that? Like, that's kind of like the joke to me. It's like, oh, God, a show about abortion. Right. <laughs> but in fact, it, the the actual abortion story is only about 10 to 15 minutes of the whole show because it's all of this stuff that kind of gets us to why I felt like no one talks about abortion. So why don't we talk about periods? Why don't we talk about like the harrowing experience of being on hormonal birth control or other birth control for women? and like Sure. Just kind of built, and all of a sudden it kind of like, it became something that made sense to me and I started doing it and then it unfortunately or, you know, fortunately for me, which I've learned to be able to say, running the show in New York coincided with the loss of abortion rights for millions of people in this country when they ruled on Dobbs. So... It's been a journey, (laughs) (laughs) but, but like I, and and I don't think of it as like important. It's not like soapbox political comedy. Like it's very much like, here's my story and here's all the funny, weird stuff that happened along the way and kind of my thoughts. But I do feel like it has been like a a place for people to kind of put some of their feelings and Mm -hmm. like come see it, like as they're processing, like what is this country (laughs) to kind of like come and be like, okay, like okay, this is, I I can feel some feelings here, but it's not scary. It's just kind of reality. Yeah. And I think that's been like a nice, it's been nice for me too. Yeah. And that's a long explanation.
0: <laughs> no, God, not at all. If you had said like, let me take you through, let me give you a 15 minute version of the show, I would have been like, sounds good. And I <laughs> like sat back into it. Part of what's, I mean, you, you know, here, here you are talking about doing the show in a blue state. And then, you know, we bring the show to, Arguably a blue yes. state yes. Or at least yeah. a blue 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 a- city. Yes. And I'm wondering if you've had the experience of engaging with someone who may not have the same point of view as you do but who for some reason caught wind of the show or saw the show or anything like that or if it's just kind of been like people who under people who get it were there to get it and got it.
1: And that was yeah. great. I was, like, so prepared. Like, I'm a woman in comedy. I've been on the internet for 15 years. Like, I'm aware of, like, how people feel about our existence. Um, And just, like, you know, you I could be like, I love waffles. And people are like, you dumb bitch. Pancakes are better. And you're like, I don't know. It wasn't really about that. But, like, OK. Like, I'm so used to right. that kind of, like, vitriol. And then especially once you throw in, like, the political element of, like, abortion. Right. So I was really prepared for, like, online hate and like trolls coming in my DMs, truly like one random DM request that was like, you know, baby killer, you know, some whatever the people who oppose abortion like to throw at people. But it was like a guy or like a bot. Like it was and like and even the show itself, like there were like one or two reviews written by people who are on the right or are opposed to abortion rights bought tickets, saw the show, and then wrote a review. But like, didn't bother me, didn't disrupt the show, ran a review in a publication that me and other people like me will never even know exists. And it was like, I was just so ready because of like a lifetime of kind of seeing what it's like to have people disagree with you and feel like they can say whatever they want to you. And it just never happened. We had like Mm -hmm. one lady kind of like trying to hand out literature outside one day while people were in line. But like, there never was a moment, and I think it just speaks to, and again, like, I'm doing this in the West Village in New York City and in San Francisco and in Los Angeles at Largo, and it's like, okay, it's not exactly, like, areas that are populated heavily by people who oppose abortion, but, like, I, it was, like, it does kind of speak to where we are in this country that, like, it didn't really get a bunch of people being upset, like, I think people, you know, we know the statistics that like 80% of people support some access to abortion in some way at the minimum. Right. So it's like, yeah, there's just this small, loud group that doesn't like it. But like, they're out fighting other fights, weirdly. And with the title, too, I was like, I want to put that word in the title. I want to say abortion because like, I don't want to trick anyone who doesn't want to see that show into seeing it. Like, Fair, I don't want to like, Fair, yeah. like, womanhood interrupted or like, what you know, whatever, you know. Right cheeky like awful title would happen not that that's a bad title I'm sure somebody could take it and make a fabulous show
0: (laughs) I'm saying this with all love as a person who did the Heidi Chronicles I feel like that's
1: like the Wendy Wasserstein version (laughs) Totally. That's the name of that show. Is Womanhood Interrupted? Yeah, a thousand percent. And like, I had to think, like, what are we going to call this? Because I did it in Austin, Texas, right before it opened in New York for uh, Moon Tower Festival, and it was like, you know, it's it's Texas, but it's Austin, but it's still Texas. Like, and so, like, they were like, we can't advertise your show as is, only because we have advertisers who are Texas-based companies on the same, you know, flyers and newsletter that won't be on it. So Mm -hmm. I had to, like, come up with another name. And it was really hard because I was, like, I want to be so explicit because, like, I don't want someone who doesn't know what the show is about to come in and then be like, wait, I don't want to see this. Like, if that's who you are, like, I disagree with you. But, like, we can just stay out of each other's way. Like, I mean, like, politically, like, don't vote. Sure. But, like... (laughs) I wasn't trying to like swing any, but like change anybody's minds or, right. or anything in that way. So I just tried to be as like explicit with like the show and when I talked about the show and the title and the put like all of it, and then nobody really bothered me because they knew what it was and were just like, "I don't like it," and right. it just didn't come.
0: <laughs> Wait, so what did you do in Austin? What was the name of the show that you I called on?
1: it? Not having it, which is like not the worst. Like I was like, "Oh, if I had to like." I could have run with that title if I couldn't yeah. use the word abortion in like a longer run of the show. Yeah. It's like kind of my vibe and also like makes sense. But yeah. it still is a little cheeky. Like if you saw like Alison Libby not having it and no description. No, you could still think that You'd you're, be like, she wrote you're, for are the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Let's go see her do some uh, stand up and then 100% it's like hundred ah! <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah. That, because because they could be like, Oh, I can tell her catchphrases. I'm not having it. Yeah. You're gonna right.
1: tell me that people are blah, blah, blah. Well, not I'm not having, having it. it. Yes, exact exactly. so it's like even that I was like, Oh, like, can we like make sure people know what it's about? And yeah. and and everybody that came was was very into it. Yeah. The one weird thing when I did it in Texas and why, like, as I look at touring, it is a little weird is like the show is about my eight or nine week abortion. And in Texas, when I did that show, you know, a year ago, it was already illegal to do that. And so I was talking to some friends after and I was like, Crowd was great. They were so into it, but like, there were parts were just they were tenser than I've seen Mm -hmm. in New York. Is it just because like we're in Texas, we're in a more Christian area of the country? And one of my friends goes, "Yeah, I think it's just like we don't have this right anymore." And it was just this really eye opening thing for me, where I'm like, "Oh, I do this fun show about my super easy abortion that I basically could have walked to if I wasn't so lazy." Like, you know, in New York. And it's like, oh, it does feel different to hear that story if you're living somewhere where there is a six week or even a 12 week or a total ban where it's like, even this story feels unrealistic. So there is something that I'm like trying to kind of process as I move to the next phase of this show, whether it's touring or taping or whatever, of like what it might be like to watch it without access, which is a very harrowing thing to think about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe I'm going to open the conversation about being a teenager with something that's absolutely none of my business, but is completely <laughs> born out of, pun intended, Please. your show. I know you perhaps talk about it in your show, but like, was
1: well, it your first abortion? <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> my first. Do you mind telling me? Okay. I was 35, so not my so, teen years, but yeah. means, which is like also not how we think of a We think of abortion as like a 17-year-old in a in trouble and not like a 35 year old who has like a kind of annoying Saturday ahead of her. I mean, <laughs> I mean,
0: yes and no. I mean, I, I, th- I asked that because I didn't ever have to have one. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I wouldn't have. And it doesn't right. mean that, uh, that I couldn't have needed one. I just got lucky in some circumstances or I've never had kids. So maybe I would have found out I'm infertile. I don't yeah. know. You never know. Um, But, but for me, like, you know, the stuff that's come up around this, and again, because I've not had the pleasure of seeing your show, I could be just like spitting totally back fine. to you stuff that you've already <laughs> talked about. The thing that's sort of interesting about all of this happening at the age that I am, which is yet older than you. I mean, I'm 39 now. <laughs> brings up for me stuff that, you know, like I am a thousand percent positive that had I gotten pregnant as a teenager or pr- pretty much any time in between, except maybe like a certain chunk of my adulthood, yeah. um, I would have had an abortion yeah. uh, without question with 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 or without questioning it. I still would have done it. Um, I have been present at a friend's abortion through yeah. th- through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and after and that was when I was in my very, very early 20s. And I definitely said to myself after that experience, like, I don't want to do that. Like not that I again not that I wouldn't if I had to, right? But my experience with her experience, mm-hmm. and even like because I was not you know uh, slightly uh, sedated or you know what I mean. Right. I was just right. present awake. Um, and, and so for me it was like not in a moralistic way, but just in an experiential way. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. That this is this was unpleasant yeah. for her, mm-hmm. and um. And I would rather not have to do this. But it brings up all of that stuff, right? It's like things I haven't totally. thought about because I didn't, quote unquote, need to think about them Yeah, in any kind of true, meaningful, like philosophical or political or emotional or female way. Uh, until very recently so the fact that that's stirring all of that up for me um has been really interesting and so I'm wondering if you've kind of had the conversation with your younger self like oh this is this is a different choice than it would have been then on some level the panic feels less profound or you know the secrecy feels less scary you know that kind of thing
1: I think like there's a part of me that's like wow and, and part of why I do the show is like I wish people could know how easy it can be to make it a less scary... Like, we talk about abortion as, like, the worst, scariest, biggest, bad tragedy that could happen to a person, short of, you know, the three other crimes that exist above it. But, like, we talk about it in these, like, big capital letters, and I was like, wow, I think I wouldn't have run through my teens and 20s as terrified about everything when it came to sex if I knew... like. If I knew that this outcome is not that bad, and now having watched a bunch of my friends have kids, I'm like, well, that seems worse. Um, <laughs> that, that seems terrible. <laughs> forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, just like one, you know, a couple of weeks of pregnancy, and I was like, I don't know how anyone is sticking with this. It is terrible, yeah. Um, yeah. and I was like, nothing. Um yeah. So I do, but I do think like I had the luxury of being like so. In my own skin, and established in my life, and confident. By the time that I needed to have an abortion, that I was not like. I don't know what seventeen-year-old me would have really felt about all of it. And I, I grew up in a a very liberal pro-choice house, and my mom was very vocal about her abortion rights uh, views. And so, like, there, like, I don't think it would have ever been like, oh no, I must like do, but. It is this thing where I'm like I just don't I don't know what younger me or even 25 year old me like would have done like I think all along I would have always done this because I have zero interest in having kids. Um but it is like I was able to be like oh I did I like texted my friend I was like oh can you take me I have to go get an abortion on Saturday but like I'll get the cab home and then we can buy treats or something. Like it was just like so casual yeah. and I know there's other points in my life where it would not have felt as casual. Right um, right and I think for some women as they have one when they're older it's like well wait what if you do want kids and it's so late. Li- like I think like you know, I'm not one of those women or, or one of those people but I know there are many who are like this isn't it but also like what if this is the last go I mean we Absolutely. watched the sex in this C- Miranda's storyline on yeah. sex in the city was very much like what if this is my baby and it's, I don't think that's how it works yeah. um but you know I think there's like I mean, uh, always- yeah I that, that's that's the some of that is like I
0: don't want to yeah. I, magical thinking is is i think one way of putting it but i mean i think i appreciate those questions that people ask not because i believe that god has a soul prepared for a child right. but you know that you're that what you're asking is you know if you're being honest with yourself that you're that you're, you're allowing am i ready with yourself yeah right. like is this is this what is supposed to be i.e am i going to make the decision that this is what is supposed to be for me yes and not back away from that.
1: Where did you grow up? Where were you a teenager with your so, liberal family and your your abortion rights mom? So I grew up in Maryland and like Maryland's a very politically Where are you from originally?
0: I'm from Arizona. Oh okay
1: also complicated politically i think it's very complicated ways. <laughs> and i'm from the bluest part of arizona
0: which is tucson which is like an yes. incredibly blue city
1: oh, i went to tucson on a tour and i was like can we stay here for a few days like it's super yeah. nice here i had um, no idea i had no idea the con-
0: i mean i did because we had we kept electing governors when i was a kid that right. sucked yes. but like that was the only my only window into like the complication of that was at that level because you know, I just wasn't seeing that in my school district or, you know, in my
1: city. So anyway, go ahead. So yeah, so Maryland is. So Maryland is this like overall a blue state. You have like the suburbs of like D.C. and Baltimore, which are like incredibly and like the cities themselves, like even though D.C. is not part of Maryland, like a lot of people live over the line. But where I grew up in like around Annapolis is this like Red and it's like waspy red. It's not like southern, it's not that like bap, like, but it's like religious waspy red. Like, I was one of like three Jews in my 2000 person high school, and it was hmm. uh terrifying. And I can't even imagine what it was like for the like four black students that were there, too. And the like one, Asian. like, it was just like it's just white Christian. Like could be a catalog for America, based on what people think America. Some people think America should be um, just uh-huh. like a very like everybody had a golden retriever and a five bedroom home, and just like uh-huh. it was a very wonderful place to grow up. It's on the water. I did all kinds of sports that were like water sports, um, but the politics of like where we grew up were so. It was like assumed that everybody was a Republican, and my like. Jewish public school teacher mom and my um, indigenous ancestry father who worked in D.C. and was like you know, I was just like oh we don't belong here but it was like halfway for a commute for their two jobs so we we're like I guess we're well here. that's what I, yeah
0: that's what I was gonna ask is like what kind of what com- what conversations if any are your parents having with you knowing that they're raising their kids in an environment that is yeah. you know pretty identifiably not ideal or at least not as diverse as they would like.
1: Yeah. I think like I think it took me, like I always felt like a little other there. Um, like when I was very young. By the time I was a teenager, I kind of like didn't care anymore. And it's not like I grew up like very religiously Jewish, like more just in culture and deli. Um but like we <laughs> um and complaining and going to New Jersey a lot. But like um but like I there were moments where I like figured it out like when everybody was going to church on Sundays and I wasn't allowed to be at sleepovers cuz I wasn't going with them like from the other parents' opinions wow. not from my parents are like do whatever you want we don't really sure. care but don't go to church but like they were like oh you can't sleep here cuz like this is for the church girls and it's like oh that feels not nice but my parents didn't like push too hard on anything like they just wanted me to have like a nice growing up and I had lots of friends and they had lots of friends and it's so funny because like they're still there and the politics of where they are in the last, I would say, since like 2015, as in, as in many reds places, have either, like, uh, I think a lot of red places have got, like, kind of like peeled back as Trump kind of ascended. There were some places where they're like, we're not those kinds of Republicans. And some of them are here, but like where my parents are, like, a lot of them are those kinds of Republicans. And they kind of only learned that. As like Trump kind of let everybody say things out loud that were should never be thought, let alone said. Yeah. Um, and so my parents are like, "Oh, we're losing friends left and right. We mm. have like three friends left." And I'm like, "Move." Yeah. Moo, what are yeah. You doing but they still have a couple of like little little liberal buddies of theirs where they like sit around and they're like, "What are we gonna do?" Yeah. So they you know they they were wonderful at kind of like not making it an us them feeling growing up. Like it was just like, well, here's what we think and. Be nice and just don't talk about these things with your <laughs> you know, 10-year-old friends because they don't get it, and neither do you. And we'll be nice to their parents, and it's fine. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break.
0: I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun.
1: The following
0: pro wrestling contest is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the ring from the Tights and Fights podcast are the baddest trio of audio, the hair to beware, Danielle Radford. It really is. Great here the brit with a permit to hit Lindsay cow
1: the queen is dead long live the queen and the fast talking fist clocking how Upland.
0: see i can wrestle and be an announcer get ready for
1: tights and fight listen every saturday or face the pain find us on maximum fun now ring the bell
0: Were you going to temple at all? Like did you get by mitzvah or did you No
1: We did a little bit. Um when I moved first moved there, like there were there were a couple of other Jewish kids in the area and there was like one temple and we went and my mom was like, they would because like my dad's not Jewish and she was like, Well, they don't like that I'm married to a non Jewish person and they don't like that you're half. And I was like, you know, I'm out. <laughs> like <Yeah>. we just <laughs> yeah. and we just kind of like I mean, my my, my mom's family was not like religious to beg like it's not right. like she grew up like going to temple, you know, high holidays. Um, so, like, we were just, like, well, I guess we just, like, won't have a connection to, like, Judaism down, like, in Maryland, and when we would go up to New Jersey, that's when, like, my other Jewish friends, like, from where my mom grew up, like, would get bat mitzvah, and I would go up for that, or, like, we would go up for Passover seders and stuff, but just very... I don't know. Pretty secular house. <laughs> yeah, I got it. And the you said the high school was two thousand large.
0: So yeah. that's that one ain't of those little.
1: big high schools. And like, mm-hmm. I just went home recently to see my parents, and like, they knocked it down and made it bigger because it's more students now. Because it's Ooh. like a very populated area. Because um, okay. it's like halfway between Baltimore and Washington, so like, yeah, everybody's parents works in one of those cities. So <laughs> just that big high school experience of like, sports were huge, and like everybody like it was just so many people 2,000 yeah. kids I yeah. never want to be around 2,000 high schoolers again for the rest <laughs> of my life I didn't I didn't really love it then and I certainly don't want to do it now <laughs> agreed what what did your mom teach she taught English she was taught, she a high school teacher or was she a she taught middle school when I was in middle school and then when I went to high school she went to high school and she taught not in my area so like Got she it. wasn't like she didn't teach any of my friends um she taught in the sit in Baltimore um But she taught English and then when she was like 50 she was like I'm going to get a degree in graphic design and teach graphic design and then she just like did that in a way that's like I think about that now and I'm like that's wild to just yeah do to take that on like she's just that she's like I'm bored I'm gonna go do something else but like still teaching and like loved teaching forever and now I'm like thank god you're retired because like please don't go into school um Uh, yeah it's so she's like she's like I can't believe she's like I would love to she's like I miss teaching in you know the act of teaching not like the job of teaching um but she was like boy am I glad that I'm done now like, yeah, my dad also a high school teacher, so that's you, you know, and I'm
0: yeah. I'm thinking about it now, and I'm thinking about how few conversations I've had with my dad about school shootings and stuff. Yeah, um, and I think, I think for because my dad is you know very liberal and very emotional he's a very yes. like i got i got all of my like Aww. openly crying stuff from my dad dad and i think both of us are like too tender <laughs> to go there I yeah feel like it's such a hard We're both just like i can't mm, like, is he retired I know how now you feel about hmm? yeah is... he okay. retired qu- like right around when your mom was like maybe i'll just like s- you know stretch yeah. this out a little bit and my yeah. dad um writes like his kind of history like um like southern uh, southern and western united states kind of like ghost town and history kind of books i love that um like practical like hey go to this place here's what you should see and here's what the story is behind it um and so he was like at the first opportunity to retire he was like cool i started as a student teacher at this school and i have taught till my 50th year or 51 or whatever he was and he was like bye and just continued writing and stuff oh that's Um, so nice yeah it's it It worked out great but it is interesting that you know like they were yeah. around the same age when it was like this needs to look
1: different somehow like yeah I, this needs I'm to sure. have a different shape to it so like I feel like you know doing this it's like every year is really different for me and oh like God, I can't totally. imagine like my can- mom or even just like my other friends with like non-entertainment jobs where like it is a little bit more like you stay at one company for a long time and like slowly or added response like I'm like, oh, you mean you don't just fully change jobs every three and a half months? Like, why? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, and I in, and
0: especially now uh, as that adult who has a very similar look to their life as you do, yeah. Thinking about like, I have so even more respect for my dad than I already did because, you know. I was one of his last students because he did teach at my school and the passion with which he was still fucking teaching Cyrano de Bergerac after decades of teaching it. Like for him having a year away from the thing, it was like, you know, like Labor Day or Christmas or like something that you sort of mark time with. Like, I think every year he'd get excited, like... You know, he wasn't tired of it because of all years, a long time to pass between things, you know, teaching of literature that you love. And yeah, totally. But but I I, I'm like, wow, that's but for him, it's like it was like touching in with old friends like every year, you know, totally the, the different cycle of stuff that he would teach. But he really held on to that enthusiasm Both for students and for the the actual stuff that he was teaching, and I'm just
1: so in awe of that. Teachers are so important, and I'm so scared of like what the future looks like because like we need teachers that love teaching. It's so important. Like they, we have to make teaching something to love again. You know, know. we have to figure that out on so many levels, (laughs) on so many levels. (laughs) Talk about daunting! Talk about daunting feelings. Seriously. So you said that you did some water sports. Yes. Um, So I was a swimmer. Year-round, or maybe not year-round from the beginning, but from 6 to 15, like, super competitive swimmer, national rankings, like, all of that. And then I left swimming, and I was a rower all through high school and into college. And so I rowed in Annapolis and it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me and I love it so much. It ended up being like probably why I had my first of four spine surgeries when I was 19. Oh, but wow, wow. I your still first loved of four it. and you're yeah. 19 for your first one. Yeah, then I had two more in my 20s and I just had one um the first winter of the pandemic, I had a spinal um, fusion. So I just like took an Uber to the hospital alone. And I was like, this is not how this is supposed uh, to go. <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah. But but best thing I've ever done and really, really helped. If anybody's getting a spinal fusion out there, it feels better after. Shout out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I keep almost maybe
1: having surgery, but now I, mm-hmm. I but I wouldn't be if you, I mean, I just need like, it would be yeah, disc replacement. A discectomy. And... Yeah. There's, I don't know. I've had three of them and they, they've gotten so much better. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I got a guy. I mean, I won't bore everyone with this, but my guy (laughs) is like, I I like how upfront he is because the first like the first doctor I saw was like very... I mean, I know he's very good, but he's very slick and just had Mm -hmm. that sort of like, that's it. We'll get you in, get you out. I just met you. We're going to pull that disc out. You're going to be home feeling great in a day. They make it sound much easier. than. I'm like, have you ever
1: had this done to you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: And so then when I ended up going to a doctor at USC, he was like, I feel like there's maybe a 50 to 75 percent chance that this is going to relieve the pain you're feeling. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's enough. Do you?
1: And I was like, no. Oh, that's a really good doctor.
0: You know what I mean? He was like, yeah. unfortunately, we have to watch this. And it might actually get better on its own because your body sort of starts to, like, react to trauma and yes. sort of starts to, in some cases, like, starts to co- compensate in ways, mm-hmm. especially with PT, blah, blah, blah. Um, or it gets worse. And then, and then I'm way more confident that you will get the relief that you're seeking. Yeah. That's and the that tricky felt spot like to be real. Yeah, yeah. That felt very like, OK, good I just don't see the I don't see why you would say this unless this was closer to reality.
1: Right. Because they want to do surgeries. They make money on surgeries. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. seen the bills. Like, yes, <laughs> somebody's yes. getting a lot of money when I have surgery. Exactly. exactly. I think it's but probably like a hospital and then it. a health insurance company. But, you know, I assume yeah. the doctor sees a little bit of that cash.
0: <laughs> I would imagine. I have
1: to imagine. <laughs> I have to think. I have to imagine.
0: So that was doing because that seems... Simple enough, but I say that as a person, again,
1: from Arizona, so ir- rowing has never been a part of Yeah, not uh, exactly my a big, um, you know. River or ocean town, yeah. Yeah, you do use your back. There is, like, as I go like this. Um, uh-huh. So, like, it just, like, I think it's the kind of thing where, like, it's not going to ruin your back, but if your back is already prone to being mm-hmm. bad, it'll kind of speed up that process a little bit. Yep. So, like, yep, yep. again, you know disc stuff. Like, it's not going to kill you. It's not... Some big terminal. But it is like most people have disc problems when they're in their 50s. I just started mine early because I was like getting up at 3 in the morning to go row a boat with a bunch of other teens. (laughs) Wow.
0: But you said it was like this amazing thing that that happened for you. And I do feel like everyone I've known who's been part of a crew team um has said to me at one time or another in our friendship like you would have been on crew,
1: like you like you, you're they're your people they're your women like you those are your women you fully give me the vibe of somebody who would have loved being on <laughs> a crew team it's just like I think like, it's a compliment some like like I get more pleasure out of they, that I mean, than I should, probably should some of the best friends in my entire life are that I'm still friends with from both high school and college are like my teammates like and it's like we would never have met were it not for this sport
0: and why do you think that is? I know that's a weird question, but, like, why – how how far – how deep and long do cultures of certain sports that extend outside of the sport itself? Like, how does that – do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where does that come
1: from? Part of it, for me at least, I think for a lot of – I mean, for some kids that, like, go to certain, like, boarding schools and stuff like that. Like, the team is one of the school's teams, and, like, it's just one of the sports you pick from. For me, it was a club that was outside of high school. So, like – If you wanted to play that sport, like there were like four or five high schools in the area, like it was all the people that wanted to do that from all these other schools that kind of came together and were like, well, I want to do this thing. And Hmm. like, if anything, it like takes me out of my high school experience and like Hmm. into this other group um, where like I met all of my closest friends and like all of my good friends in high school. Like I was friends with people in high school, but like these were my people because like it's just – I think it's very hard to replicate what rowing does because if you're rowing in a boat with other people and you're not just in a single by yourself, but if you're rowing with other people, you have to become so in sync physically that I think it requires this other kind of more mental or emotional connection to get there. And I think it just like, it just speeds up a friend. like I feel like those friendships, And also, I think high school and college, like, speed up friendships as well because you're, like, in these weird – it's not like your work friend where you're like, hi, I see you a couple days a week. Like, you're together all the time. But, like, it is this just kind of almost, like, metaphysical, like, you are becoming one in this way that I think, like, other even team sports just – it doesn't quite work the same. I'm not saying it's better. I just – it's just such a, like – you're propelling a boat together. You're like doing Like, you're this.
0: literally kind of doing thus I mean, you're doing the same motion. You're not, it's not the same synergy as, like, a
1: quarterback and, like, yes. a, a tight front end. That's I a, don't I know. know football is just, like, not, not my sport. Don't know it. But, like, again, it's not like, oh, we passed the ball to each other and then, like, one of us scored a goal and the other set us up for it. It was like, we have to drop our oars in. At the exact same time, or yeah. else this doesn't work. And I just yeah. think it creates this like really intense bond that I I even I've just never found it in any other. I guess like there's some like stand-up, like people in stand-up where I'm like, oh, we went through uh, traumatic experiences together. So we're kind of <laughs> trauma-bonded best friends for the rest of our lives, right? Because <laughs> we were at that open mic that was just men. Um <laughs> oh, God. you know all those. Um yes. but I think there's just something about the movement and about like Even just, like, getting the boats in and out of the water, like, you have to be, like, together and synchronized, like, lifting it up, putting it on your shoulders, walking. Like, somebody's telling you what to do to walk it around because, like, it's 80 feet long and you're going to knock it into something. So there's just this, like, very hyper-physical connection that you end up having with, you know, and not everybody in your boat is going to be, like, your best friend. But especially, like, your pair partner, like, you are just, you know, if you Mm. each have one, like – You are just together in a way that is really magical. And it's just like, I get like still, I mean, it's been 20 years since I've been in a boat. Because once my back went bad, I was like, I probably shouldn't do this anymore. It still is like the most, I get like emotional thinking about like how like special it is just to like. Also, it's just like being out on the water is a luxury that like I hope everybody can access at some point. Because it's just a really peaceful your phone isn't with you yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, but it's just this really special like I'm just so glad that like that like I you know could have played lacrosse could have played field hockey I mean I say that like I was making those teams I wasn't but like I played those sports my whole life I could have been on those teams and been with those girls but I'm so glad it was rowing it was like such a special weird thing to get to do with people and like get so close and just ugh. I love it I love it so much
0: uh, that I I love. I mean, I would say that the th- closest thing I've experienced to that, I'm trying to think of anything like earlier in my life and maybe mm-hmm. dance class a little bit because there yeah, was a lot of like totally. synchronization and and being in your body at a time yes, when yeah. it's not always fun to be in your body. In fact, it's often not fun to yes, be in your body very. and feeling that sort of, you know, and I think had I had I focused more on like modern dance because I wasn't, you know, a ballet dance or anything like mm-hmm. that. Everything I did with dance started at seventh grade and ended at junior year. Yeah. Um, and so it was all, you know, sort of that like hodgepodge of like, today we're going to teach you a few tap dancing moves that you <laughs> might want to incorporate into your totally. modern dance final, you know. Um, but I think had I done that uh, and not You know, that was always, like, secondary to doing theater. It was like, this is my P.E. elective. Yeah, And I absolutely would rather do this than P.E., but, you know, if I have to make a choice, like, I did have to for, you know, like, your last Mm -hmm. year of dance, it was at the same
1: time as theater, and it was like,
0: no, of course I'm going to do, you know, I got to be to play. Yeah. Um, I
1: would imagine I didn't do any performing, like, until I was 26 and started doing stand-up. So, like, I have no frame of reference for, like, what being part of a theater, but I feel like it is a similar... Like that friendship is similar to like what theater crews can have is like you have to anticipate what everybody's doing. Like I do, ima- like I do imagine, like that that kind of friendship and that kind of closeness can also come from like being in. Theater. I guess, but I mean, I yes, I think in, in to ways, a degree, in ways, yeah,
0: in in ways for sure, in ways for sure. Um, it depends on. Yeah, I guess it depends on how good your program is too, because there are a lot right. of people there who, for for Hanging me, out. and understandably, <laughs> were like, I'm here because this is an elective, and like, yes, I would, I want to waste my sixth period
1: doing this, and, yeah, and fucking off, and um, yeah. I'll you sit know, in a booth that's better than a classroom. yeah, like yeah, yeah for <laughs>
0: sure. Um but yeah, definitely I think I that's that's something that I was looking for and um and, and then improv. I mean I yeah, think improv, improv is definitely like improv beyond theater. Far beyond theater. And I'm not a stand up. Um but obviously, stand-up is – you have a, a traumatic experience, but you're still on stage by
1: yourself. Yeah, it's a for solo. Stand-up up to me is, like, very similar to my swimming career. Like, it just, like – is it's, like, get up, do the thing. Every day you're, like, I'm just trying to shave a quarter second off of this split. And it's, like, mm. that's what stand-up is. And it's just this, like, brutal, um, just kind of insane way to perform. Um, but – Yeah, I don't know how – I, mean, I mean, I know and, how, and how you do and, it, but I
0: – yeah. But I don't want to – no, no. One I don't want to do the work. Do it. Like, no I'm happy to do the work it. for so many other things, but I don't want to do that. That's like what separates you, right? Is yeah. When you realize, like, oh no, I'm willing to, I'm willing to do this work versus like, uh, that Boy, seems really
1: hard. It's such a young person's game, too. I think back to like what the first kind of eight years were like, and I'm like, if I if that was me now trying to make a career change, I'm like, it just couldn't happen. Like, it's mm, just yeah. so exhausting. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Agree.
0: I don't want to stay but- up that late. <laughs> I, it, for sure, and I would rather get up really early if I have to get up if I have to do something. Yes. Although in high school, getting up was real hard for me, so that would have been
1: it. That would have been the hardest thing. That high school, like my high school, started at seven seventeen. Like I that. Know, it, same. Like I was as a teenager. Like I think in my twenties, I would have been more equipped to get up that early. Like it's yeah. like what like there's something about your sleep cycles. There was some study that like teenagers are the least able to get up early and yeah. their school starts earlier than every other I job know. besides farming. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: you know, it's crazy. I mean, my yeah, I've never been more upset like on a deep level. And I, I feel like I might have just talked about this recently. So I don't want to like, again, <laughs> bore anyone. But the feeling in the pit of my stomach for getting up in, early in the morning, you would think that I had just lost someone that I oh. loved or that, you know what I mean? Like there was such a
1: excruciating anguish <laughs> excruciating yeah. and now it's like i fly like a lot so it's anguish. like you know you get up in the fives yeah. and you're like oh god this is terrible but it's like one day not yeah. every day for like nine <laughs> months
0: it's nuts yeah i think it might have scarred me a little bit like i had to overcome my own the sort of pts about yeah whatever our, whatever emotional experience hormonally i was having as a teenager
1: getting yeah it really. it meanwhile like very dramatic 10 year old me like popped out of bed at like six oh one yeah it's like i want to watch tv i want to have breakfast i'm gonna go outside and it's like send those kids to school earlier
0: (laughs) yes please
1: no we switched to like
0: a modular schedule uh at some point in my in my high school years where we started doing like the early day one day but then we would have like two i think it was like tuesday and wednesday or something Mm -hmm. you would have an extra long First, third, and sixth period, and you wouldn't go to second, fourth, or or whatever one, three, five. Sure. And then yeah. the next day, you would have an extra long. So you were still getting the same school day, but you were getting like the packed in. I think maybe mm. people do that more. But that day, I remember started at like nine thirty, and it was Oof, like this is the most That's beautiful gift you've ever given any young person yeah because like, I'm amazing. like
1: I'm thinking back to like when it snowed and it was like a two-hour delay I'm like I was still at school at nine like yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's half, <laughs> half the day's gone it's so, nine o'clock so insane wild were you dating at all in high school not really I had like guy friend like had I had like a crew of like guy friends and like there was some Messing around happening between like, you know, my, my one of my close girlfriends and one of my close guy friends started dating at one point. And then me and one of the other guys were like, I don't maybe, I don't know. We could kind eh, of, no, probably not. um And then they were like, you know, one or two, because I did so much outside of my high school because I was so put off by most of my high school experience just uh-huh. being like, I'm like, why aren't there other Jewish people here? Where are all the Burnets Like, what are yeah. we doing? <laughs> just like anything. And just like, you know, it was like, the po- I had this like bizarre high school experience for like the year that my year, the popular kids, quote unquote, um, it was always like de- 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 dep- dependent on what sport you played. So it was like the field hockey and lacrosse girls, the lacrosse guys, like nothing was less exciting than football. Like this was not a football school. This hmm. was like a lacrosse school. And we there was, you know, flags from 25 years of championships, like all over the school. Um, but if if my life depended on telling you how to play lacrosse, I would be, I would die. It's like, I would say it's more fun to watch than football for sure. It like feels closer to basketball in terms of just like the speed. I mean, it's not anything like, but it's like fat, like football. I'm just like, I mean, what are we doing? This is so slow. (laughs) You'd rather watch a baseball game. I mean, um, but like the popular kids were these like mega focused athletes who play and were very religious and like, didn't party and weren't having sex and like, weren't like and it was just this bizarre, like, every other, even the other, like, grades, that wasn't the case. It just kind of, like, happened to hmm. be our year. And so I was like, I don't get this. Like, this is yeah. not what, like, all the movies told me high school was going to be. Like, yeah. why are these kids, like, leaving, like, not going to parties and, like, yeah. getting up early and going for runs? Like, I don't want that to be, like, I'm <laughs> a hardcore <laughs> athlete, too, but, like, I want to have beer. <laughs> like, that <Yeah>. sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did a lot of stuff outside my high school. I was a lifeguard, of course. Um, Amazing. And so, you know, all the guys I lifeguarded. So there was like, I didn't date anybody, but like, just kind of always like some guy from another school where I'm like, oh, we're going to go to the mall. But like then nothing like, would ever like come of it. And you know, right. maybe we'd hook up, but it was like not and like hook up for like a teen. I'm like, we kissed. Um, Right. But it was, yeah, I didn't like get into like the high I I had friends who had like long, like years long high school relationships. And I'm like, God, that's. Interesting. <laughs> that one's the strangest to me. I mean, yeah, I, I, have I continue, continue to say that. But just, just because school. I can't
0: imagine. Because my, I was just so all over the place. It just yeah. seems that, that there would be a consistency. There. I like,
1: even struggle. Like, I mean, I'm 39. I don't have, like, a series of long-term relationships under my belt, which is, like, by choice. And I'm just kind of like, God, don't you guys get bored? Like, <laughs> which I know is, like, not what relationships are. It's not it being exciting every day. But there is something to, like especially in younger high school years when I'm like, every year I was a fully different person.
0: No, 100%. (laughs) I mean, and that's what I remember is this sort of like not being able to fault anybody else for doing it to me because there was no rhyme or reason. Like I read old journals and I'm like, I was madly in love with this person. And then a week later, I felt horrible that I wasn't. And I couldn't point to anything at all. You can't even give someone a reason because it, it, there was no reason. It was right. just your the chemicals in your body just changing. It really constantly. feels like that, yeah. And so when I have my heart broken, I'm I had the luxury of at least, which at the time, I don't think I had like had the presence of mind to understand that you know it was like give a little, take a little kind yeah. of experience. But looking back, I'm like I can't you know, I just, I I don't feel like I could ever fault anybody because no, I just felt like nobody knew what was going on with their feelings, their bodies or anything at any given time for any consistent amount of time. So those long-term relationships were
1: mysterious to me. I have a friend from home who I think they started dating our sophomore year, uh, two people who had known each other since sixth grade and they're still married. (laughs)
0: Like we're
1: almost 40. And I'm like, what I think they broke up like briefly for like a minute in college or whatever, but then ended up yeah. going to transferring to be in the same college and be And I'm like, I mean, I guess it works, like, or they really are good at forcing it. But like, it just it, it is just like a wild to it. Just like I'm just like you've changed, haven't you changed so much as a person in any of those decades? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I, it really makes me wonder if there's if there are biological and kind of f- physiological and genetic factors that are at play. Yeah, there must in, be, including your environment that just make you genetically predisposed to sort of like
1: couple early yeah I mean I
0: I don't know yeah I
1: it it would make more sense than just like it worked for them like right like if there was real science I'd be like oh that makes sense instead of just like at least yeah or like a combination again just because we
0: know I feel like we know enough about the brain and enough about hormones in some areas to know like well, we figured. We feel like we figured this part out. Like we have yeah. a word. It's called teenager. We didn't even always have that, right? Yes, you know what that's I mean. True. And so we've like figure we've, we're figuring this stuff out. But I also feel like there's so much that we don't know. And you know, I also feel like this is a weird time to. It feels like it's a weird and I, and for good reason. But I feel like it's a weird time to try to put behaviors into a box with respect to biology Mm -hmm. and I am not the person that's going to like I'm so disinterested in fighting a fight that's like well women are just specifically like like, this at a certain uh -uh. age like that's not important enough like that's not that's That's not not what this is about and and you don't want to make it messy for groups that already have it messy enough do you know what I mean at 100 percent on some level, I'm just wondering because, and and that's part of it, is like, I feel like we don't have a handle on any of that enough to even say what is and what isn't.
1: Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, we just don't, we just don't study the human brain much at all. Yeah. And we definitely don't study it when it comes to like, really, we only study it, I think, for like, uh, capitalistic gains. Like, how can you be a better worker? Like, (laughs) hack your brain into working 18 hours a day. Um, Right. And like, we're so afraid of talking about like relationships in this country and sex and and all of that. So it's like, of course, we would never even think to be like, oh, I wonder if there's like a chemical reason that like certain people come together and certain people couple early or stay together, or, like whatever, like whether it's like a heterosexual couple, a gay couple, like non-binary, people, like what, like it's like, well, isn't there something we could look at? It would be interesting. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh God. Absolutely. This place. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. And here's what some of the listeners have to say.
1: It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish i discovered it sooner.
0: You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. I could talk to you forever. I just looked at the clock and realized I'm going to keep you so long if I don't get into this MASH game. <laughs> um, but we do need to get into the MASH game. It's I mean, key. We have to. Be- because I want you to be able to leave with this future that is going to be, uh, I feel very confident, quite fabulous. Yes. Um, with zero downside. So... Um, I did, th- there are a couple of things that, um, maybe we'll sort of, uh, unlock about your high school years uh, oh, sure. through the MASH game. Yes. Um, I played a lot of MASH. I do remember that. Okay, good. Okay, good. This can be honoring your high school se- self and your high school sensibilities and, and crushes and all that kind of stuff. Or it can be a complete departure from that because I'm interested in giving you this dream life oh, sure. for Allison of today. But I would like to start with three places in the world that it would be
1: fun to have a, a, another residence like oh. we and we can sort of teleport you there. Okay, sure. I mean, I would have definitely said New York as a kid, but because I live here now, let's think of some different ones. I'm a beach person, so like I would say like the Bahamas would have been Great. something I would have definitely said then. So I'll say the Bahamas. Great. But adult me is like, well, I would say the Maldives, but they're going to be gone soon, aren't they? Um, just like uh, most of the uh, island. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's say the Bahamas, well, that kind of covers, like, both old and Great. new mate. Paris, Great. Have, you know, which I did end up studying abroad in Paris in college. So I oh, cool. briefly fulfilled that dream. How was it? Oh, it was fabulous. It was, I did a good. summer instead of, like, a semester just because I That's was, like. That's what I did, but not yeah, in Paris. It was, so like, yeah, the summer was kind of the way to go because I, like, didn't miss a step with, like, anything socially happening at school. Same, yeah. And then, um, I'm going to say Los Angeles, as, like, unexciting as it is to say, like, I want to live in LA when like I fully have that uh, possibility now. Yeah, and... but in this case you don't give up New York. Yes, see? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it's like ultimately I'd love to pay um two mortgages. So um <laughs>
0: Isn't that all right? You're being very goals? grounded about this. I'm concerned. <laughs> You're being very grounded. There's no mortgage. There's no problem with that about There's your no mortgage. mortgage in this in this in this other mash reality. I don't have one mortgage. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start there. Let me use grown up words. That's yes. just what that's what people say. Yeah. So in this alternate reality, you are getting paid extremely well for okay. whatever alternate universe career mm-hmm. you want to try out. And I'm not committing it you know, you to it for a
1: lifetime. Sure. You get to try it out and just like enjoy the highlights. Definitely marine biologist, which is both like something I always like liked when I was growing up living by the water, but also is like a fabulous Seinfeld reference to George's fake job. Um, One of the best episodes of all time. Fashion designer was high. Like as a woman who wears like basically the same outfit every single day, I, it always, I'm like, I can't believe I'm so into fashion and I'm always like, T-shirt, jeans, sneakers, (laughs) leave. I have to buy a dress and I like fall on the floor in a panic. But I'm just like, I've read every issue of Vogue.
0: It's different. Looking at it on something or somewhere that's outside of your own responsibility to like what it means to pull up a top. You know what I mean? Like that's a different experience than aesthetically admiring something. Exactly.
1: I'm like, oh, I could walk through a store and be like, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And then I don't have to negotiate like my body. Oh, heavens no. No, (laughs) No, no, no. But love, love, love. What I think about me and like. <laughs> All of those really fun games that we get yes. to play when we go shopping. Oh, yes, um, yeah. Marine biologist, fashion designer, um, novelist. Great, great. OK. Three movies that you can jump into
0: whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. You're just in that world, interacting with those characters whenever you feel like for as long
1: or as short as you want to be in there. I mean, When Harry Met Sally would just be like a like an easy, I could walk out my door and I'm like, I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say that one for mm-hmm. uh, just the ease of my brain being able I will say I am so bad at movies and so good at TV in terms of oh, watching can, it. We and can adapt it to
0: TV, too. You can jump into TV sure. shows as well. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, I was obsessed with ER when I was younger. <laughs> Great. Like, just like that. I watched it with my parents. It was, like, exactly like the first real drama I ever watched. So I'm just like, I would love to work in a hospital. And it's like, in reality, of course, I would never. I don't even right. like going to a hospital. <laughs> I don't like knowing that there's one nearby. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, I like knowing there's one nearby, but I don't want to have to yeah. interact with it ever again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but the not, ER version. Yes, Not please. my favorite. And um, God, what are some... I'm going to say something crazy. I'm going to say Days of Our Lives. Oh, see? my God. I love it. <laughs> which my oh, mother God. um watched religiously. It's the only thing religiously that happened in her house. Um, <laughs> She watched it ever, and she would tape it on a VHS and then watch it when she got home from school, which is when I would get home from school. And we would like while she was, like, doing stuff around the house, we would watch it together. And so I'm very aware of, like, everything that happened in Salem, so. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it.
0: I love my friends that are, that are, and I have one who's, like, swears by General Hospital. It's like, no, I will, like, ride or die. I love General Hospital. I totally missed out on Mm -hmm. all of the kind of soap stuff. But I really respect it for, like, talk about, Like, having to keep people's interest and, like, getting you invested in characters where you are genuinely, like, nervous about something that's happening in the plot to where you're like, I need to watch it as soon as possible. Yes. And you're doing that
1: every day, weekday. That's outrageous. It's such a feat. Like, as somebody who's, like, as people who are, like, in the industry, obviously, like, just, like, when I think about, like, they're shot so cheaply and there's, like, no budget. And it's, like, you have to pull off so much. Like, it's just an impressive, like... You write an hour long show for every day. Like even it's crazy. The tonight show doesn't do that. It's half an interview. I know. It's serialized. I mean, it's bonkers. My favorite thing that would happen is they would bring back old actors into new roles all the time. Uh-huh. So it's like, isn't that Roman? And it's like, no, his name is Jeff now. Um it's like, just, like, just like this small, dumb world that just like keeps getting weirder. I just like, I could fall into that world in a heartbeat. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm so glad you said it.
0: So you mentioned fashion. I am going to unilaterally make equal. Okay. Every style is comfortable. Every style okay, is great. as comfortable as a t-shirt and jeans. So three kind of styles that you would love to sort of try on and Ooh, they're fabulous yeah. on you no matter what, you know, no matter what you think they're going to be, it's fabulous. Ugh. And you just get to
1: like preen and prance and feel great. I love that. I always wanted to be somebody who could pull off like boho chic. Right? It's like absolutely the antithesis of my personality in every way. But I'm just like, I want to wear something flowy that's embroidered. It looks so nice. It's <laughs> a so boho chic. There's not like a word that I think describes. I guess athlete, like what Sporty Spice used to wear. Like uh-huh. a bandeau sports bra and like a tracksuit. Yeah, suit. I'm yeah just, like, It's a little hip hop. It's a it's little. It's a, but it's like, not
0: so. But it's like British athleisure. Yes. British. Cute.
1: Yeah, British kind of like high fashion athleisure. Yep, yep. I got it. I just remember being like, I want to dress like that. And the rest of my friends are like, I want to wear a mini skirt. And I'm like, can you wear sweatpants everywhere? Like now it's like, I'm like, my dream came true. You know, it happened. We all wear sweatpants everywhere now. How happy are you? (laughs) And I guess like, like a very like elegant, classic American elegance, like a Mm -hmm. silk top and a high-waisted trouser, you know, just like very, you know, the Kennedy's. Nantucket kind yep. of vibes which is I think what I aspire to be yeah. but there's still something
0: androgynous about it that's like very appealing it's sort of a Candace Bergen kind of a
1: thing happening totally it's all new- yeah. it's a neutral palette but with navy yeah. great great great
0: okay uh, next category romance let's bring okay. in three people uh, living dead from any age any era we're going to resurrect them to exactly where you want them in their age uh, the character cartoon anybody book, book character whatever you want
1: Somebody who bridges young me and high school me and now, and I I didn't even really watch this show, but Joshua Jackson was on Dawson's Creek and was like a heartthrob. And I had ripped out photos of him and put them on the wall of the inside of my closet. Yes. Um, But also like, what a babe now. And his wife seems cool as hell. And he just, I mean, he was great in The Affair, a show I watched all of. Um, Yeah. I gave up, I think on the last season. I think, yeah, maybe I think I didn't see, because I think like, not to spoil a show that came out like 10 years ago, like She Dies oh. at the End, which I think I didn't see. I also definitely did not see that. Yeah, there, something but I watched happened. the Something years. happened
0: where the end of one season, I was like, and somehow I'm just totally done. It got too like, crazy. So done. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so Joshua yeah. Jackson, I feel, is a great one. I also have to say another one who, like a slightly younger me, Chris Messina. Um, great who I just adore, never met personally, but like I live and die by everything that happened on Six Feet Under. And I'm like, I'm Claire Fisher. Um, (laughs) So like when he showed up as Ted, I was like, maybe I just need a guy in an office. Um, Yes. (laughs) But also, you know, fabulous, both comic and dramatic actor and so, so handsome. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to throw in Tom Hardy for fun. How um, fun? Why I mean, not?
0: Why not? I'm not. I'm not marrying you to him. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe yes. Maybe no.
1: We don't know. <laughs> Just have some fun with those lips, and I mean, then uh, so, we'll see. He's been in so many movies where they cover his face, especially his mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, in what world is this casting um, making sense? Like, I know. Show off those lips, baby. <laughs> did you watch? Um, I always
0: forget what it's called because it doesn't like the his the TV show that lasted for a season. No, That's like We're, him making he-
1: gunpowder. Yeah, I didn't. What I think I know what you're talking about. But I, I recommend it. Okay, I recommend it. You okay. see his face every episode. I love him. I mean, and
0: it's interesting. And I'm 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 sorry for whoever's listening who who knows this, but um, because it's one of those. It's like a single word that sort of doesn't mm. really seem like it gives you any clue as to what the show's about. <sighs> Titles of shows
1: are yeah. complicated,
0: <laughs> but uh, but it, it's. I think it's out there somewhere. I wish that they had made more. It was um. You know, it sort of had that like. it wasn't like penny dreadful in that um, Mm -hmm. it was but but it sort of it did it was that sort of weird like like foggy period piece yeah 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 you know oh this is rough rough living i uh you know okay yeah i think
1: i think i know what you're talking about i'm gonna look it up and like just (laughs) i'm so close to knowing what the name of it is um (laughs) it'll probably
0: pop into my head okay uh next category let's do three uh Three people from history that you can either sort of go see, observe, talk to, hang out with, or who you can sort of bat phone to, even though they're not mm. here anymore.
1: Um, or you can bring them in to our world that you would just like to sort of see in this space. Oh, wow. I mean, I have to, as I studied um, him in college. Oscar Wilde was a oh, huge, yes. I mean, basically was writing stand-up, all those little witticisms. Um, so Oscar Wilde... Um, Oh, I feel like there's somebody athletic that I would have been like, oh, I just want to see. I mean, I oh, I'll say Prince because I just never got to see him in concert. And I really right. would have liked to have seen Prince in concert. I feel like Oscar Wilde would be happy that you also chose Prince. Yeah, they feel kind of like like we would go to that concert together. Absolutely. <laughs> or you would go to an Oscar Wilde
0: play with Prince. So you're good either way. Taboo? Yeah. Taboo? It might be called Taboo. That just popped yes. into my head. Okay. It yes. might be oh, called that... Taboo. Okay.
1: And again, t- does not really tell you anything. No, it does not. <laughs> and I feel like... As somebody who's always like, women, women, I should choose a woman, but I can't, like, I mean, it's such a recent one, but Joan Rivers, like... Oh, sure. For as complicated as she was in in so many ways, especially as a writer, as, you know, whatever. But, like, I, as a stand-up, what a an icon and i i Absolutely. never got to see her alive so that would have been a thing cool and just thing. and
0: just having access to somebody who did span that yeah. particular span of history in comedy is
1: fascinating to and me as a woman stuck around fascinating. and worked hard like yeah. i know there's a lot of criticisms of her they're all valid i know writers right. from her show obviously they had a lot of issues and those were all real but as a figure i'm like yes oh, yes, yes. Totally get it. Totally get it. Um, okay. Uh,
0: next one is um, three. You know what? I want to see what you're going to say. Okay. Three modes of transportation that are unconventional and perhaps not even real uh,
1: that oh. you would like to use to get around. Okay. Well, boat. Um, but to be more specific, my dream boat, you'll know what boat I'm talking about. Uh, it only exists on Lake Como. Um, uh uh-huh. You know those like those old, super elegant, like small motorboats that are always like navy blue and and wood or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. The always wood, have, like, the wood is the wood, really it's important. Gorgeous. The it's like this like beautiful, like glowing, polished wood. teak. And yes. it's always you're always like somebody's having a spritz in like a plain black one piece, like on the i like, I'm like, I want to take that boat around. <laughs> yep, yep. Love it, um, love it. love it. I don't think it. they even can touch the disgusting waters of the Hudson, but like you know, <laughs> they I, just dissolve I have, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love like a just something that like flies but low. I'm very afraid of heights, but something that kind of like zooms around like a foot or two off the ground. I think I could yeah, almost into, like, like, like a land speeder or something from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, That yeah, like yeah, that just yeah, zips so, through. Yes, something like that. Hover like yeah, hoverboard adjacent, but like safe. Um, yes, <laughs> got it. And um, I'm going to say the Concorde. Bring back the Concorde. Yeah. I want to fly to London more easily. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm only going one place in that fantasy, but honestly, it's Uh not a bad one.
0: (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. And then final category... Uh, I would love to give you an extra room in your current house that is sort of magical and that it can be any size. There's just a magical wow. door that takes you into it, and it can. It, it has a specific purpose. Three, um, and the purpose okay. could be you know you're in a forest, or it could be you're in Ooh, a okay. gym, or it could be it's an office that's a beautiful library, whatever you want. Three, Ooh, I love that um, extra rooms. I'm just like
1: any room uh, would be great. <laughs> I live in a one bedroom in New York City, so At I think room. Okay, any room. Um, I would say one would be like waterfront. Um, and I would love say oh, like there's an ocean in there, Great. which I'm like you said any size. So I did, I did, um, and I love it. But to like open a door and be like, there's some nice beach. It's always the correct beach weather. Yes. Um, and you can swim in the ocean. I mean, there's just nothing like more therapeutic in the world. Um, another Great room use of it. Just cats. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> I have one cat and I love him. Um, But we share a space and we share a bathroom. (laughs) I would love if like maybe there were like a bunch of little buddies just like Riz. uh, But they had their own space. Yes. (laughs) But it also didn't walk
0: away from it and leave. But it it wasn't gross
1: either. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just like if somebody had a room and it was just cats and you were like, well, not this. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Not the cat hoarding room. Not the cat, cat hoarding room. The cat pleasant and perfect existence room. I totally get it. I think that would be nice. A third one would be like basically like the stock room at Barney's like R. (laughs) R. I. P. Barney's, but like basic like a walk in closet but of clothes that like I don't even know. But I can just have. And just like well, you know, those like really fabulous closets where it's like this is a little place where your jewelry goes and it's on display like you're at a jewelry store yeah and like yeah put your shoes like one facing this way and one this way so you see which i'm like as if i own enough shoes to not know exactly what all of my shoes are at all <laughs> times i'm like black birkenstocks brown or just Birkenstocks, just to not have everything wrinkled because it's all yes. jammed together yes. like the, and you're sort of pulling
0: apart to be able to get that one thing yeah, yeah.
1: exactly Beautiful. so just like stunning closet full of things that aren't mine But <laughs> I get to keep <laughs> beautiful 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 uh okay and then
0: finally for me to figure out for me to mm. calculate mm. which of each of these categories you're going to get for your 100 percent guaranteed alternate universe mash life okay could you give me a word and it could just be a word you like like the word you've always sort of liked the sound of or your word you've always enjoyed I
1: say this word a lot uh but absolutely like that's great. like my that's like my agreement word, um, but it's also an adverb I use all the time. I'm sure that like my editors when I write stuff are always like, okay, so we dropped fifteen absolutelys from this draft and it <laughs> makes more sense. But I'm like, yeah, absolutely, great idea. Um, so, <laughs> and that's what editors are for. And absolutely. it's just like you know, it's a nice positive word. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I am going to do some non-math. Okay. Um great. this is a great opportunity for you to tell people where to find you, oh, sure. what to pay attention to,
1: what to see, how to I'm do it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, plug it up, vamp it up. It's all um right. well, depending on when this comes out, I am touring oh god, a show about abortion um a little bit. We have a couple dates um but I'll be in Boston and in DC in June, so you can follow me because those haven't been quite announced yet, but they are coming. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Libby, A L I S O N L E I B Y, um, and I'll be like posting all about when those shows are happening, and then like more cities to come. We're just kind of like looking at what the summer is um, in case there's a writer strike. So it's fun. I have that coming up. I also, I have a podcast, as you could probably tell from how much I talk and how much I love my own voice. Uh, And (laughs) I do it, uh, it's called Ruined, and I do it with the very funny Hallie Kiefer, and it is now a part of Crooked Media. So if you're a Crooked fan, uh, you can find us there, but also it's no different than if we weren't there. You can just, wherever you get podcasts. But the premise is I hate horror movies, and my good friend Hallie is a lover of the genre and i'm always like well can you just like tell me what happens cuz like i'm not going to watch it so you can spoil it for me and basically every episode she tells me the entire plot of a different horror movie that i've never i've only seen 4 horror movies in my life so like that was easy to not cover but like so we do all the movies we play fun games it's like a really great time and if you like horror movies she's an expert knows everything an excellent storyteller and if you don't like them It is not scary, and so you can just kind of, like, find out. Like, when Hereditary came out, I was like, I need to know why this movie is what everybody's talking about. I I need to listen to that episode. I
0: I need to listen to that episode, because that is definitely a movie that, based on people knowing I do
1: like a certain type of horror movie where yes. we're very quick to say don't see this no it's like yeah because there <laughs> like are ones shut that you can see so fast. like it's like look i love scream the original scream i haven't seen yeah. the 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 newer ones but like that's fun i can I like, like underst-
0: spooky haunty
1: but i don't like jump scary and i don't like gore like disturbing gore or hereditary from what it sounds like is like hallie was like it's just like Two hours of dread and discomfort, plus other horror stuff. Like it's a bet. Like it's kind of like a meditation on grief, and so it's just this like deeply yeah. upsetting film from start to finish. I'm like, yeah, I'll, but will never just, like, see it. So I'm gonna listen to your episode. other movies where I'm like, oh, this got referenced on The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Now I know what movie we're talking. About. Like it's just like finding out all these like social cultural moments that I was always like, oh, that's something, isn't it? It's like oh, yeah, that's yeah, it's a movie that like something. millions that like of people something. have seen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. listen to Ruined. Great. Do it. Guys, I have
0: this uh, okay. this future. I'm feeling very good about it. Here we go. Um, there's just a lot to love here. Uh, I first want to congratulate you on. I'm going to start with your shack in Paris. Uh, oh. Listen, you did not get into a, a mansion, apartment, or house, but it's a shack I'll take in a Paris. Shack I think, in think we Paris. all know that
1: if you're going to have a shack, it's going to be in Paris and it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. It just means it might be a studio. I don't hate that. That that yeah. wouldn't be much different from like the lat like you know I lived in a studio for many many years of my adult life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, again okay. Paris, Paris. You're set. Fun. You're oh, totally I'm excited. Fun. Um, also, I feel like if you want to upgrade, you are a fabulous fashion designer. So, well, that's the city uh, that could to do be in with your future. It, as you know, well. <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, and that actually, you don't have the Barney stockroom, but you don't need it because you are a fashion designer. It's really worked out. So you get to just go in and enjoy all the cats. Oh, great. Oh, God. Nobody's damaging
1: anyone's furniture, clothing, or designs. That's great because it's a small
0: place. Everybody's just existing in their space. It doesn't stink. It's just a perfect cat room. All the kitties. I am 100% sure that Prince is going to want to come in and just sort of check it all out. Perhaps you're designing clothes for him as well. That seems entirely plausible. I love that. I love the fact that you can take the Concord whenever you want. And Great. It makes sense. So yeah, Europe it makes based, sense.
1: No longer existing airplane.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we brought it back. Maybe Bring with it zero back, ramifications to anything, including the yes. planet. Yes, great because uh,
1: obviously a nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the Concorde, you know, that's that sort of this whole Parisian London mm-hmm. experience yes. with fashion also uh, explains why you are you have such uh, a fantastic wardrobe with a sort of uh, sporty spice. Oh, great, great, um, very great. cool. Very comfortable, but still kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're definitely and, in know, fantasy world. Fun. That's
1: what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so the you're golden abound. there. Great. I want to also congratulate you on your ability to jump into when Harry met Sally whenever oh, you want. Oh, perfect. You've got enough going on that you're going to want that like beautiful New York in the fall yeah. experience as just well. Washington as.
1: Square Park in a sweater. Yay! are you kidding me
0: so you have that as well uh, one assumes you'll probably end up with a wagon wheel coffee table if memory I mean, serves yes i think uh, <laughs> um, find the best stuff on the street and then you're experiencing all of this as much or as little as you want depending on how you're feeling with uh mr christmasina
1: oh that's heaven yeah. that sounds amazing oh my god what a great that's, life i have that's a really good world that's a great world i'm you excited made it for the cats and the fashion and the sports yeah. bras and the Christmas scene. Like, that's a great. Yeah. I'm thrilled.
0: Right? <laughs> so I've left you with all these good things. Yes, this is fabulous. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I've been so excited about oh this.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Everybody, please uh, check out Ruined. Uh, see the show if you can. I'm going to – I'll turn this around quickly so that oh, cool. we can get your
1: June dates out there into the world. Yeah, I think they're getting, like, officially announced tomorrow or something like okay, that. Great. So it's okay, just like And I have so, yeah. the dates, so, like, we'll have, like, Beautiful. links and stuff that, or whatever, just details.
0: Everybody, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember when We could save kittens from trees Or lunch on skyscrapers Bring the villains to their knees Maybe we should some place new And no time Seems To go and get us Back
1: Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned
0: Audience supported.